good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I'm your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, a weekly coaching clinic you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to Snow Valley, episode number 184. I'm back on the grid. Uh, was out of the country for a few days celebrating uh, anniversary, uh, 25th wedding anniversary with my wife. So uh, that's why there hasn't been a lot on a pen and a napkin the last week or 10 days or so. So I've been kind of out doing that. But we are in beautiful, I, in, in 24 hours, I go from Ocho Rios, Jamaica, and I'm 50 feet away from the Caribbean Ocean in 90 degree heat and just all the amenities you could ever ask for. And 24 hours later, I'm in Waverly, Iowa, coaching, coaching at Snow Valley, but wouldn't want it any other way. Uh, doing a little roundtable action while we're here. Uh, Jeff Steinus, assistant boys basketball coach at Ames High School in Ames, Iowa. Jeff, welcome to the roundtable. Thank you, Marty. Thanks for having me. Austin Godfrey, girls basketball coach at Winfield High School down by St. Louis, Missouri, and loyal listener. I am a loyal listener indeed. Uh, yeah, Austin, thanks for coming on here today. Thanks for having me, Marty. And the man, the myth, the legend, the coaching staff in the flesh, Mr. Antoine Viss. It's going to be weird with us being actually in the same physical vicinity of seeing each other. And I just want to say two things real quick. Okay. One, Carla needs a medal because anybody that can put up with you for 25 years deserves something special. <laughs> and two, two, you know, earlier when I messed up and you kind of made fun of me for a while talking about, you know, I teach this and I messed up something. Yes. I just want to point out it is the Caribbean Sea, not the Caribbean Ocean. Just wanted, <laughs> to get that, wanted to get that in there. <laughs> what, what was that? World War War two or World War I can't one remember where we were going. I panicked you know? and said something dumb. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Uh, yes, it, it is the Caribbean Sea, uh, and you are correct in that my wife does deserve uh, a medal of, of honor. Austin asked, did ask you a good question earlier today, or was it last night? I think it was last night, was, yeah. yeah. Um, how does a coach remain married for 25 years, which is really, really hard to do, and and I'm blessed to have a very patient wife. There's been a lot of ups. There's been a few downs. There's been a couple of really hard downs. And anybody that does this for as long as we've done it here in this room, you're, you're going to have that. And and so, honey, I love you very much. Thank you for the four wonderful days in, in on on the Caribbean Sea, <laughs> the island of Jamaica. So... Um, Tony, episode number 184. Do you know anybody who has a jersey number 184? Never heard of one of those, is no. there? I, I believe his name was Ralph Bernerska. He was a... Kicker for the Chargers? Kicker for the Chargers. <laughs> I also thought he was a, uh, a marathon runner from Sweden, you know, or something like that. So, uh, no, Bernerska. I'm sorry, that was the marathon runner. Bernerska was the kicker. That's, okay. that's my fault. That's, that's completely my fault. Uh, we apologize in advance if literally nothing intelligent is said here the next 45 <laughs> minutes or so. So, uh, But, no, we do want to talk about some things. Um, and we got about four topics, and, and we're, we would go longer. We'd be thrilled to go longer, but we're under a little bit of a time limit. Austin's probably going to have to slip out about halfway through here um, because of the schedule here at camp. But, uh, um, you know, what is the common thread between the four of us here is, is Snow Valley um, and the people that do the Schlaba show, uh, you know, uh, all the people that, you know, just whatever. And, uh, you know, what, what makes... Snow Valley, Snow Valley. Jeff? 
Well, it's like you said, it's in this room. Um, it starts with coaches. Um, you know, Coach always talks about uh, the definition of a coach. It's a carriage pulled by horses, you know. And um, I, I've been doing this for about 15 years off, off and on. And I can't tell you how many networks or how many people I've met in those 15 years. And it continues to grow. Like, I just sat and ate uh, breakfast this morning with two coaches from Arizona that I never met before. Yeah. You know, and we've already traded text and phone numbers and started bouncing different ideas. Um, Are you guys going to go on vacation together? I would love the, to go to Arizona. At the, at the Caribbean Ocean? I don't know about the Caribbean Ocean. Oh, yeah. I've, I've never been to Arizona, nor the Caribbean Ocean, or the Caribbean Sea. <laughs> yeah. So anywhere would be better than there we go. where I usually go, which is yeah. about 20 minutes north or south. So, um, <laughs> um, But the networking you make here. Um, and the other end of it, the kids that come here are great. Like yeah. They're serious about basketball because that's why they're here. They want to get better. And the network you make through kids as well, through you know their coaches, their parents, their friends. I just think it's a um, it's a very rewarding uh, uh, camp, uh-huh. you know, because you do you network and just meet new people, uh-huh. you know. Aside from learning different parts of basketball, yeah. um, just the people part of it, I think, is the the uniqueness of it. Yeah. Yeah, he touched on a couple of really good things. Number one, it is about the people. I mean, you sit there, you were talking about. Show and Schla, you know, people that have been here and done this camp for a while. Kern, Spielbauer, I mean, those names are very synonymous with this this camp as well. Uh, the networking is big. I was sitting there thinking about different people that I've come across in my time when I used to work this camp. You know, Abby Emmer, Stamp now at the University of Iowa. She was a camper here, got a coach here. Sarah Kane, who went over to play at Creighton. Yep, I remember um, Kane. Yep. You know, she was a camper here, got a coach her. Erin uh, Broquet, who's the new strength and conditioning coach at Iowa State. She was at this camp. And um, you didn't screw up any one of those didn't kids. Screw up any one of them. I tried. They, they were so good. You gave even, it your best even, effort. Even I couldn't do it. Uh, but that's and, and the other thing, I mean, when you come here, you have to know you, you're serious about the game. You love the game. This is not something, well, I, I kind of think I like basketball. Maybe thinking about playing. No, no. You have to be bought in because you're getting up at 5-whatever in the morning. You're going to bed potentially 10, 11 o'clock at night or at least getting off the court at that time. Yeah. And then you get up early, do it again the next day. This is not for, for the mild and the meek. This is somebody who is who's seriously committed and has a love of basketball, which I think that's another thing the four of us have in common as well. Yeah, And you said that about the kids. I think that's the same thing with the coaches too. Like, you know. I won't mention the school or the coaching staff, but back when I was getting my start in coaching, I went to a very big school, and uh, they had a two-hour built-in window for kids to go swimming at at the camp, which, okay, that's great, but if I was a parent, I'd be like, I didn't pay my kid, I didn't pay for my kid to come and and get some laps in, like, you know, uh, Michael Phelps or something like that, you know, but... uh, yeah, you, you, as a coach, you you've got to love it as well because you're up and you've got to be there before the kids are and and all those other things. So, Austin, I, I think Jeff said it best. I mean, it is it is truly the people that are here. Um, you know, that's why I come back every year just to to meet new people, reconnect with the old guys. Um, it's I, I noticed you looked at me when you said <laughs> old guys. I'm sorry, Tony, I, I broke the rule. I'm not yeah. supposed experienced guys. Experienced. Experienced guys. Experience. I did break the rule. Yeah. Um, but I, I just I love learning from everybody here. I do think the kids, um, this is a different camp. Like it is, you know I was almost I was telling one of the kids earlier that 
I think we were doing line drills, and you could see like some of the kids that just weren't really into it. I'm like, this is what we're going to do here because these are the basics, these are the fundamentals, and this is what you have to be solid at. Mm-hmm. And it makes such a difference. And like the majority of the kids here, they they're going to take it seriously. Yeah. Uh, and you don't get that at a lot of camps. Yeah. So on the note, I got to bring this up. You're talking about some of the people that came through here as campers. A couple years ago, I had well, obviously a while back. Uh, I don't remember which one it was. It was either Chris or Keegan Murray mm-hmm. was on my camper, my camp list there. I didn't know who they were at the time. Someone came over to me and they said, hey, you better be careful with that report card you put out. You know who's going to read that later. And I was like, <laughs> I have no idea who any of these people are. And then come to find out years later, they're in the NBA. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, they're doing all right for themselves. They are doing all right. All right so. Marty, there's another thing I got to experience last turn again this year. As a parent, I've got to send my kid to this camp, mm-hmm. and I don't think there's a better tool for your family during the summer is to bring your kid to this camp. They're getting so much teaching, and they meet new people, and again, the networking for a kid. As a parent, this is very self-fulfilling as well. You know, as we just talked about as coaches or players, but as a parent, yeah, I think there's no better place to send your kid than this place because of the experience they get. Mm-hmm. You know, they got to work, and they got to get their butt out of bed mm-hmm. and get to somewhere and be on time, and there's a lot of accountability held to them. You know, I'm in one dorm, and she's in another dorm, she's going to be a seventh grader and she has some responsibility mm-hmm. you know so i think there's some things that are being taught in the summer that they might not otherwise get so as a parent i think it's a win mm-hmm. you know so i yeah. want to mention that as well i would echo that all four of my kids did at least a handful of years of snow valley yeah um i think that like you, you, we talk with our own teams and we talk about you know especially like strength and conditioning and you know getting up early you know that that shared suffering mm-hmm. like um you know, you, these kids are only going to be teammates with these kids for the most part for 72 hours. But there's a little bit of a like, yeah, there's a bond. Uh, there's a bond. Yeah. Like, like we, I know how you're feeling. Yep. Here we go. You know, and um, and there's a little bit of a. I, I feel like the the kids walk around with a, a kind of a, a, a badge of pride. Yep. Like, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this son of a gun and I'm gonna fight through it and I'm gonna get better and and I could you know I forget who said it this morning but you know we started our second session for those of you that don't know we start at six fifteen in the morning and we six fifteen to about seven you know depending on your group around for about an hour and then you go eat breakfast and you come back in at eight fifteen so we're and there's like you know one of the coaches made a great point he said there's a bunch of people that you're playing against next year that are still in bed right now and you're here working at this. And, and I think that there's a, a certain, you know, you kind of hear the stories of, like, you know, Barkley had his best year as a pro after he was on the uh, the original dream team with Jordan. He saw how hard Jordan was working, maybe playing golf. But, you know, you know what I mean? You know, and then uh, I watched the, re- we did the Redeem Team doc for the film room. And uh, Kobe showed Carmelo and a lot of those younger guys, this is what it's like to be a pro. This is the sacrifice you have to have. Those They said they were coming in from the club at like 4 o'clock in the morning and he was he was on his second workout at 4 yep. o'clock or whatever it was. So I think there's part of that too. So yeah. Did you have something? Was, Tim Grover I think is kind of the common theme with both Michael and Kobe. That was their, their guy, their trainer, and he would talk about how he would receive calls and texts and stuff from them. Let's go work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Anything else on that, guys? Yeah, I I always pick this up. When we go to different places throughout not only the state but throughout the country, when you see someone wearing a Snow Valley shirt, yeah. especially a cutthroat shirt, like that, there's a symbol there. 
like they want something that for us it's really important it's a you know there's a strong symbol and I, we were at a baseball game uh, two weeks ago in Grimes, and one of the guys doing the field work was wearing a Snow Valley shirt. Wow. And I walked up to him. I said, "Young man, did you go this year?" And he says, "Yeah, I absolutely loved it." And I said, "It's a great, great experience, isn't it?" And we kind of, you know, small talked a little bit, and um, he, you could tell, even though he was out there grinding away, raking a field, he was wearing that shirt with a lot of pride. Uh-huh. You know, so again, I think there's some, there's definitely some symbolism there as you know we go to different places. I'm just glad he just didn't start running away when the creepy old man says, "Excuse me, young boy." Uh, uh, you know, one of the things that you have to do here, and we've all done it multiple times, is you're with these kids. These are complete strangers. It's it's completely different. And and I know for myself, I'm experienced enough. Yeah. Thank you, Austin. I'm experienced enough that. I'm not going to just go work anybody else's camp. Like I, I just, I have a lot of things on on on, on my plate. But um, you come here and you're willing to do it because of all the great things that we've talked about. And you have this short window to, you know, it's it's a different concept of what we're used to. You're working with your team all summer. You're working with your team. You're working. You know, we're all working with our own teams, and we have in these built-in friendships with the coaching staff and relationships with our players but here it's you got a short turnaround you got 72 hours to make an impression on these kids to let them know that you're legit that you're here for the right reasons that you want to help them to get better i mean how do you how do you do that you know how do you do that i think a big part of it to be honest with you is if you have the experience you're sharing some of those things like hey you might have been to some other overnight camps, but this is not one where you go back in the dorm and screw around for a few hours. I would yeah. really, really encourage you to go to bed. Yeah. The other thing that you're talking to them about as well, besides getting enough rest, is when the cafeteria is open, make sure you're eating. You may not feel like you're overly hungry, but you've got to put fuel in the car, so to speak, if you want to perform. And then the other thing, I mean, you're, you're teaching them some basketball, don't get me wrong, but the other thing that you're doing as well, I don't know if motivational speaker is the phrase that I'm looking for, but you're kind of a motivational speaker, Matt Foley. Matt Foley, yeah, where you I are, am divorced, hey, you can, and I live can, in a van down by can, the river. You can do this, you can do this, you just keep telling them that, you can do this, and you're encouraging them, but you got to share some of those things and encourage them to get off their feet when they can, because you know if you're on your feet as much as what they're doing, and you're just you know messing around all the time, you're going to have a really rough about day two, day three. Yeah, I'm, I want to. I want to see uh, Tony the first day of practice coming into next year. <laughs> so that boys will be the kick out of that. <laughs> Make sure we get that on huddle. <laughs> exactly. He's already been given a fashion challenge for for the first game next year. So uh, Hubie Brown from the '70s. Oh, we'll just leave it at that. Nice. So. Yeah, could so. be good, Austin. No, I was thinking, kind of going off what you said. I'm I'm coaching a Central B team this year, which is the sixth graders. I have a fifth grader on there as well, and like they're brand new to this. And so, um, you know, I've been doing this for the better part of a decade now, and it's it's really interesting because they're all brand new. So I'm doing a lot of what you're talking about of like trying to coach them how to get through the camp and how to how to learn and pull things through. Um, you know, and I, and I think one of the things that helps me 
um, really invest in them is is the report card thing that we do at the end. Is that you know you've got to, you've got to follow uh, follow up with these kids and watch them closely, and you want to see them get better throughout the week. Number one, like they you know they want to have a good experience. They want to win their games in the evening. Like that's a big deal to kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you're, you're doing your best to, to do these things. Um, but you know if you're not truly invested in them, then those types of people they shouldn't be here to start mm-hmm. with. Um, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed every team I've ever worked with here. Yeah. Jeff? I don't want to use the word love because we, we're not going to be around them long enough like a parent, but yeah. I think we can get a, a lot of equity through trust, and the equity you build is through that sweat equity. I mean, you're, we're grinding just like they are, you know, mm-hmm. and you're throwing positive energy out there and trying to ramp it up, you know, and there's going to be some peaks and valleys throughout the week, but if you built that trust early on, those kids will run through that brick wall for you. Uh-huh. And when then they leave here, then they're going to feel a lot better about their experience. So I just think you build that sweat equity, you build that trust, we can get a long ways at this three or four days that we're you know grinding away with them. Uh-huh. I think one of the things that, again, like we've definitely mentioned, you've got committed basketball players. These are kids that... If, if they're going into their freshman year, they want to try and make JV. Or if they're sophomores, they want to be on the varsity. You know what I mean? And, and, you know, one of the things that I really try to connect with them is like, hey, yeah, this is hard. This is this is not easy. But if you want to be a varsity player, this is how it's done. You have to and, – and, and it's not – usually it's not the physical effort. It's the mental part of the game. And, Tony, you were talking about the motivational speaker, the you know, that type of thing. But, you know. This is how you have to think it. This is how you have to be ready to go. This is how you. The biggest thing, especially with with girls, is communication. You know, you know, talking and, and and listening and and them talking and listening. That's what I mean. You know, and and so if you want to be a varsity player, this is a varsity. You got to communicate at a varsity level, or you've got to do this at a, at a varsity level effort. You know, and and I'm here. I've I've been a varsity coach for a long time. This is what you have to do in order to be effective, and I think that's one way where kids will be like, oh, okay. That that peps up the ears a little bit, too. I wonder if any of the kids take any stock into having a, a, an outsider evaluate their game. You know, like, those kids that are like, oh, I think I'm varsity level. And like, oh, the head coach doesn't like me back in my school. Like, can they come here and, like, learn from, like, hey, this is what I see, and these are things you need to improve on. And, yeah. like, there's value in that. I don't know if the kids will, kids will see that. Yeah. Speaking from the kids' perspective, um, that was one of the first things when we would get in the car to go home with my own biological kids and drive home. The first thing they would do is they would look at their report yeah. card, and you know, and they they do take stock in it. And the thing that was always interesting to me, because you know, being their coach, being their dad, was looking through the report card, and you know, how well, of, how good of a job the coach did in breaking it down. Yeah. You know, and so I, I would say yes, they do. They do buy into outsiders, and they listen to that but at the same time one of the things I you know and and others would tell them is hey this is what I think but obviously if you get back home and the person who drives the bus your varsity coach tells you something different go with them because they're the one that drives the bus yeah I think that's a that's a great point that you know this is how we do it at it's just you know everything that we do with a pen and napkin you know this is how we do it at Fort Calhoun it's not the only way. There's a million, and that's you know that's why we do this is to share a whole bunch of different ideas, and so take it for what it is. If you like it, do something with it. If you don't, 
so be it, you know. And I and I think that's a, a really good point as well, there, Tony. So I got a cool story I need to share. Last year, um, I coached with a guy in Eastern Iowa by the name of George Pickup. He's now the principal at Dewitt, and uh, that was 23 years ago. Well, last year, his daughter was my daughter's coach at Snow Valley. Talk <laughs> about the full circle of life there. That was a really cool experience. And to your point, when we got in the vehicle, I looked at that report card and I went, "This is just like George." You know, she's a college player at Cornell College, but I'm like, the feedback she's given was a lot of the terminology George used 20 years ago when I coached with him. So that was yeah. that was a really cool experience. Yeah, George was at Dunkerton uh, mm-hmm. when I was at uh, Walnut Ridge, and so I know George. George is a great guy. His son, really good, coach. really good basketball yeah. player too. Yes, Gus is a nice player. Yeah. Um, anything else on that, fellas? Oh, well, are we good? We're good. You got to roll, man? Uh, probably have to roll, yeah. All right. Anything to add, Austin, before you take the headset off? Uh, no, thanks for having me. I will keep listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, we're good, man. So, um, yeah, just take that set it down. So, thanks, Austin. Yeah, we were, we're planning on having Austin the whole time, and then apparently he's got to go back to work or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the cry so. never stops Snow Valley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go, uh. Go get your government cheese in that van down by the river there. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, just Jeff and Tony and I for uh, the rest of the way here. We got two other things that we want to talk about, and and uh, I forget who brought up the was it Tony? You brought up the contact days. Yeah, the, yeah. one of the things I I was you know driving up here and thinking about. We wrapped up our summer program on Thursday, um, as we get to the state mandated mandated dead week that started on Sunday, and I remember. You know, growing up a hundred years ago, uh, it was five contact days. You got five contact days, and then yeah, and then Tim Floyd comes in at Iowa State and work with some of the other coaches, and they got it to where it's unlimited. And I was sitting there, you know, I think I think five is obviously too few. Yeah, but is unlimited the right way to go to, or should there be fifteen, twenty? And again. I'm not saying I have a strong opinion either way. I'd just be interested in what you guys think as far as contact days or lack of contact days or whatever your thoughts are on the summer program uh, that, that you guys go through. Tony, that's a great question. I actually asked the same question to a Division One coach. They were thinking back to the old October 15th start, and now they get summer and workouts and things, and they made the same point. They're like, I don't know if we're doing any justice or not. Maybe it's too much because a lot of times by January – these kids are broke from listening to us for eight months already. Yeah. You know, so to your point, I don't know what's best. You know, we have, there's a lot of factors that come in. You know, we have some kids at both of our programs that play travel ball, you know, so that that can be a plus or that can be a negative depending on whose voice they're hearing. Um, You know, so we take that into account as well. But that's an awesome question. Um, I can remember, I grew up next door to my high school coach, Neil Pageant, Hall of Fame coach here in Iowa. And I can remember how stressful he was. We had 10. We got 10 contact yeah, we days. Had t- I think we had 10. And when we I was in used high five of them for his camp, which was really good. But the other five, he really stressed about are we going to St. Ambrose to play in a league one of those nights? If we do, are we going to bring kids in and run an open gym or a practice? You know, how many kids can I get in there with other commitments, farming, baseball, you name it? You know, and now it's just kind of game on and. I don't know. Is is it too much or not enough? I don't know. That's an yeah. amazing question that I can see both ends of the spectrum. So what we have in Nebraska is we can't do anything with our kids until the Tuesday after Memorial Day to start the summer. Okay. And then from there until July 31st. There's 31 days in July, right? 30 days past September, April, June. Yeah, yeah so 
<laughs> uh, you can do whatever you want to, basically, you know. Um, and then there's a mandatory dead week before fall sports start August 7th, 8th, 9th, you know, depending on how the calendar falls. Um, what I really like about our school is we have a mandatory dead week during the 4th of July. So we go real hard for about four or five weeks, and then we give them, you know, here's 10 days, go, get out of here, do whatever, and then we have three or four weeks after that before the state mandated. mandated. So, And we get out sooner than you guys do here in Iowa as well. So we've got about 10 days before, and then we go real hard for four or five weeks. We give them a week off, and then we give them another four weeks. And I have really personally, and I don't want to speak for everybody on our staff, I'm just talking about me, I have really liked that. I because I think that takes the pressure off the coaches. I think it takes pressure off you could, because you're sitting there. It's like, well, we can do something. I feel like we should do something because if I'm at Kennedy, what's Ames doing? Are they doing a workout? Well, if I'm at Ames, what's Kennedy doing? Are they doing a workout? Are we going to fall behind and, and that type of thing? So um, you don't want to over legislate it, but you also know that if you don't have some sort of mechanisms in place. You're going to have people that are going to take advantage of it, or, or, or not take advantage of it, they're, they're going to abuse the privilege, and then it's going to turn into a negative spiral for the kids, for the parents. That's where we deal with burnout. That's, that's where we deal with injuries. And, and I try to be really cognizant of our kids and let them be kids in, in, in our program. Um, I'm in a small school. I, I will have not have every one of my kids will be doing a fall sport, I, and so I have you know, and I'm not going to do a bunch of basketball workouts while a kids doing a fall sport for our school. So, so I have no contact basically basketball wise with our kids until at the earliest like October 25th, 26th ish, something like that. That's when we start doing stuff. Um, there's got to be some, in my opinion, there's got to be something in place because if we don't. If we don't tell people no, there's going to be a, abusing of the privilege, and that's where the problems start. And so, you know, we, we have th- this is the example I always use. We have laws in our country. You can't go up and shoot somebody. You're arrested for murder. You know. Now, would you, Jeff, conscientiously just walk up and shoot somebody in the middle of the street? Probably not. Gonna Probably not. Neither, no. neither would Tony. Neither would I. That rule for first-degree murder is in place for a very, very small minority of, of the percentage of people that live in our country, but yet it's there because people have abused that privilege enough. And I think when people say, well, we're trying to over-legislate, no, we're just trying to 98, 97, whatever the percentage is, a very high percentage of us as coaches are going to do the right things for the kids, but that's why you unfortunately have to put rules into place because right. people abuse the privileges and abuse the rules. I don't know. That's my thought on it. I would agree. You, you bring up some really good points. Um, you know, I was sitting there thinking as you guys were talking, you know, we go pretty hard in the month of June because yep. we know that once July rolls around, I'll say 20 of our guys are going to go play AAU in some form. Yep. And so uh, we kind of know that. Our numbers, we usually run 30-some guys at workouts in the month of June. Once we hit July, it's probably closer to 15, mm-hmm. and so we, we see that. Um, we do some stuff in the fall, but we really don't do a lot in the fall, and I think part of what 
why we don't is what you're talking about. We want our guys, as January rolls around, to still want to be at basketball, to yeah. still have fun and enjoy it and be around one another. We keep it pretty light in the spring, to be honest with you as well, because again, AAU season yep. gets rolling. They're playing in some tournaments, you know, during that time as well. Um, but yeah, I was just one thing I was contemplating as I was coming up, and then you you take a look too with AAU. Does that price some people out of the opportunity to play basketball? And I'll Absolutely be honest, does. you know, as as I hop in in July, that's a big part of why I keep the gym open because I want those guys who aren't playing AU, maybe because they can't afford it or whatever uh-huh. the case may be, I want them to have an opportunity so that they're not left behind because they couldn't get a ball in their hand yeah. and be able to play. And yeah. so just, just some things I was chewing on. It was interesting to hear your guys' point of view on it as well. No, and I agree with you on the, the A. You know, that's basically the way our calendar is set up too, where June we're pretty heavy. Uh, but in July we back off for two reasons. Uh, AAU. So I know they're playing, and we're going to start turning stuff over to the fall sports. You know, volleyball, cross country so in, in Nebraska, we have softball in the in the fall. Hey, start getting geared up for your fall sports. Start getting ready to go for that. That's where your that's where your mind needs to start turning to. We've we've done a lot here in June, and it's you know it's just kind of that exchange with you know an open communication with the other coaches, and I hope I hope the other coaches on our staff feel that I've openly communicated with them. Like this is our last week that we can do anything. We're not doing anything. We're not doing anything because I said, you know, can I have that first week of the summer just for basketball right after Memorial Day? And I'll give up the last week of the summer so you guys can get your stuff geared up for your fall seasons. And, and that seems to have worked really well in our circumstance. And again, I know it's not the same for everybody. So I work for, I think, one of the best coaches not only in our state but in our country, Vance Downs. He was actually 2010 National Coach of the Year. Um, two things on Vance. Uh, he used to coach football as well. He was the defensive coordinator for our varsity team. So back in the day when him and Bruce Verton were coaching together, they were they would make it a, a priority to take July off so they had a break. The kids uh-huh. could hear a different voice from someone else because they physically and mentally needed the break so when August 1 came, they could do their football duties to the best of their ability. Absolutely. The second thing I think he's really hit a home run with is um, in the fall on Sundays, we do player-led workouts. So we offer an opportunity, again, to Tony's point, there's an opportunity for kids that want to come to the gym that aren't in fall sport. And if they are, they can still come. They we, they don't play. But the, the seniors or the upperclassmen, the returning letter winners, lead the, lead the, lead the, lead the workout. Uh-huh. You know, and we, we meet, you know, in the summer and kind of devise kind of a plan. But those uh, returning letter winners or, or the leaders of our team, they lead that workout. So I think there's some buy-in with the kids then too. That and again, we can't coach. That's just not you know it's not in our bylaws. But the kids take some ownership uh-huh. and they're leading you know, leading some of these younger guys. And it just snowballs. You know, the following year it just it keeps reciprocating. But I give Vance a lot of credit in those two things. You know, he he said, hey guys, we all need a break. Let's take yeah. a break. You know, a lot of these kids are going to play travel ball. Let them go. And like Tony said, sometimes we'll open the gym to allow those other kids that aren't playing travel an opportunity. And the fall, then, you know, it's kind of on their plate, too, which uh-huh. I think, you know, we always talk about what's better, a coach-led team or a player-led team, and they're taking some ownership. And if you don't give them a chance to lead, they're never going right. to Right, absolutely. Lead. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Were you going to say something? Yeah, just, I like the player-led thing. You know, I think coach-led teams can be good. Player-led teams can be great. Um, I don't remember if we had ever taken the 4th of July week off before we did this year. thought that was really good to help kind of keep their batteries charged. I was just... Sitting there, a part of why I was thinking about it is I had 
25 sophomore guys come through this summer. And so I was trying to think of each one individually a little bit. And I was just thinking of one of my guys. He was doing football three days a week. He was playing freshman baseball. And then he was coming in and playing with us. And, uh, you know, just his experience with it. Then another kid, he was a freshman playing up on the sophomore baseball team. I think he was kind of the ace of their baseball staff. Uh, Had a good year, but there was some pressure doing that playing basketball with me he was playing games and doing our workouts with us and then he'll be the number two varsity golfer as a sophomore and just the the stress and the pressure those kids are under both physically and mentally sometimes just wondering about are there things that we can do to maybe help yeah well i think part of that again is backing off giving them space giving them time you know just be a kid get away be a kid what's really hard is i think we're seeing that trickle down to our youth level you know, I got kids that are in a lot of different activities, and even at those young ages, we're seeing, all right, we got a basketball camp paired with a baseball practice, paired with a travel weekend tournament. When can my third graders go out in the backyard and play squirt guns? Uh-huh. You know, yeah. when can we tie the, the being the kid in with all that, but still give them the opportunity of taking advantage of these different things that are offered in our community? Yeah. You know, so there's got to be a balance as well, but I just think every, you know, it just trickles down, yeah. you know. Jeff, quick question. I think it was a tweet that you put out there. Did your boys do a camp where football and basketball together? Yes. Could you could you talk about yeah. that a little bit? Um, good friend of mine, Tyler Struck, is over at Nevada. T. Struck. And, yeah, yeah, good yeah. dude. Yeah. And his wife, Lindsay, used to be our trainer at Ames High School. Okay. Good family. I knew, I've known Tyler a long time. He's a uh, an NU person, NU high person up in Cedar Falls. But anyway, um, he approached or sent a, sent a message out that he was running a camp. And it said football, basketball. So I had to call Tyler. I said, hey, what's this about? He says, hey, we do something really unique. We do uh, a basketball camp for an hour and then a football camp for the, the following hour. And he goes, now you can pay or come for one or the other. You can come and do both. And talk about a neat experience. Um, I think he had 70 total kids. Um, it was like second grade through fifth grade, I believe. Uh-huh. My kids had a blast because, again, they were in a gym. And as soon as the, the instruction of the game was done, they put on their cleats, they're out of football field. And I thought they did a wonderful job. They taught them, and they also got to play. They divvied it up and played some one-on-one, some three-on-three, and they got to a football field, and they played seven-on-seven. Seven. Uh-huh. You know, But it was awesome. For my kids, it was a huge benefit because it wasn't our community. We went to a neighboring community, and uh-huh. they got to play and meet new kids. Yeah. And now we brought a handful of kids with Ames with us and said, hey, let's just see what's, what's out there. And Props to Tyler and the football coach over there in Nevada. I thought they hit a home run. I brought the idea over to Vance. I said, hey, this is maybe something down the road we can consider, buddy up with our football staff and, you know, and see if we can get more bodies and, and more kids and, and just, you know, give them a different experience. But yeah. I thought they did a, a, a magnificent job. I think that's a great idea. I really do. I, I hope basketball and football coaches that listen to us really consider that. I think yeah. that would be, be something worthwhile. Yeah. Um, I saw, and this is something I'm intrigued by for next summer. I've seen this a little bit on Twitter as well. Uh, Fort Calhoun and Cedar Rapids Kennedy get together and run a camp together, girls basketball camp together, and for an hour they do Fort Calhoun drills, for an hour they do Kennedy drills, and then maybe do some scrimmaging after that or whatever it may be. And I'm like, that, that is 
gold right there. I really like that idea. My daughter has attended the last four years Madrid High School and Ballard Huxley run a three-on-three camp for three to four weeks in June. Calvin Adams used to be assistant at um, at Huxley or at Ballard and now is the head coach over at uh, Madrid. He buses the kids from Madrid over to Huxley and they run the camp together. His Their numbers over there have skyrocketed. That at Simultaneously, they drop the older kids off at the high school and the younger kids go to the middle school, so they have two going at the same time. Mm-hmm. But it's a phenomenon. Both communities thrive. I think Kelvin's on his way to a path. He's going to create a monster of a small school program at Madrid because of what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, and that's really unique. Well, and I, and I think that's a kind of like coming full circle on our whole Snow Valley conversation. You do something like that, your kid, you know, Mary, will you box out? Mary, how many times have I told you to box out? And now Tony's like, Mary, are you going to box out in this drill? Oh, well, maybe it's not just Plum yeah. that's on my took us all the whole, the whole time or whatever it may be. And Oh, you know, you know, for me, when I was on my sabbatical, one of the things that was great for me is when I watched other coaches coach, if I go to Tony's practice or I go to Jeff's practice, it was it was a twofold thing. Either I got to learn something new or it really confirmed to me, hey, I really like the way I do what I do. Um, and, and I think if you're in another gym and you hear kind of like we're, we're you know, and, and at Snow Valley, the one downside of Snow Valley is, is we have so many kids that it's kind of hard to have the individual attention that you want. I know I get frustrated. I'm like, oh, we need to break this down further. You know, you get that control part of you in there. Yep. But uh, you're working with another staff and you're watching them work the kids and oh yeah I really like that uh, you know that's not maybe not for us or what you know and, and or you can ask your kids hey what'd you like from the Kennedy staff how did you you know did you like the way they communicate what drills did you like what things do you think that they did that you know we can bring to our program and things like that I, uh, that's that's something I am really really interested in doing anybody I'm gonna put this out here right now it's July well, I don't, I don't even know what date 25th July 25th uh, anybody in the Fort Calhoun area that's listening to this that may want to do something like that next summer, hit me up, and, and I'm, I'm really, really intrigued by this. That's In some ways, I would rather do something like that now than, than go into, like, team camps and stuff like that and paying a whole bunch of money for that. I, I think that's, that's, that's better for that's our kids. Idea. One of the things that we did at the end, uh, we played a lot of games in June, and then in July we did two what we called situational scrimmages. Mm-hmm. So three minutes left to go in the game. You're up five, you're down five, six minutes to go in the game, you're up 10, down 10, 90 seconds left to go in the game, you're tied. And so we would play those out. And that, I thought, was almost more valuable for us than just playing a regular game. Yeah. Really it like ended that. up going about the time of a regular game, but it was more valuable because you're working time and score yep. and things that kids hopefully still have that brain plugged in and can can work on in the month of July. That's really good, Tony. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we just have – we got maybe three, five minutes left here. Anything else you guys want to talk about? We got our, we got our Gus Macker. You know, how do we give the how do we give the game back to the players? That's one that I've been kind of thinking about. You know, I remember obviously seasoned, experienced, whatever you want to call it. I remember growing up. You know, we got together as kids and we played. Like during football season, we played football. Yep. During basketball season, we played basketball, and that you know, obviously led a little bit into March where you could get outside a little bit, March Madness type stuff. And then as things got into that 
late April, May time, we transfer over to baseball, whatever. But we played outside all the time, and it wasn't organized. We just played. There were no parents there. You didn't really, I mean, you kept scoring your head, but the scoreboard wasn't on. You didn't have officials and stuff like that. You guys had to figure it out. Yes. And I think today, you know, it's about trophies and ribbons and organization and officials and things like that. And there's got to be some of it where we give it back to the kids again and allow them with their minds to figure it out and to be creative. And that's the part where I think we're, we're kind of stealing that joy from them a little bit, and it's always structured. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we need to go to the old and one route, this, you know, the kind of the circus basketball, but I would love to see the blacktops filled with kids again. Yeah. You know, the outdoor parks, the, the, the courts at your schools. And like you said, Tony, just getting kids and having them organize their own game, shoot for teams, get your buddies, two-on-two, three-on-three, whatever it so be, but put it in their hands and just let them play. Like, Uh there's so much structure all the time. Like, you can learn a lot through play, you know, just let them play. Well, who's going to be your alphas? Right. Who's going to be the person that takes care of it? All right, hey, we're going to shoot for teams. First five go here, second five go here. You know, we're going to play to 11 by ones and twos. And, you know, just, you know, if it's a foul, you know, just just things like that. And, again, we talk about player-led teams, but we're doing all the talking and all the leading. I I talked about this on the pod earlier. One of the things that we tried this summer, and and I'll I'll wait till we get back to school and kind of ask the kids, but we were doing those what we called sniper sessions on Mondays and Wednesdays. And a coach is in there. You know, we're not going to leave them in there unsupervised in a, in a, on school in, in our gymnasium. But work on what you want to work on. We don't we don't have a workout lined up for you. We don't we don't have a bunch of drills lined up for you. We're not going to play a certain type of game this way. Just now, if you want to say, "Hey, Coach Viss, can you? I, I want to work on my ball handling. Can you help me out with something?" If the player approaches the coach, you know, then we do that. And I turn that complete. You're talking about Vance and talking about him. You know, I've got to delegate more and I and I'm doing a much better job of delegating than I was at my old job but I still got to delegate more and I was like my the assistant coaches are going to be here uh, I'm turning it completely over to them listen to them if they listen have their voice be the dominant voice in the gym because otherwise they're always going to look to me first right. and the assistant coaches are going to look to me okay what are we going to do okay well that's great but you figure it out a little bit for yourself one thing I thought during COVID is all our gyms were closed so it forced kids that wanted to play again to play outside because that was a safe means. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, as you know, things started to change again. The gym rat, they came back to the gym. You know, yeah. we didn't have the outside kids anymore. Like, I just wish we could find. I mean, I, I get really upset about this. We drive around the neighborhoods and you see these gorgeous goal setter basketball hoops, yeah. and they're more lawn decorations than they are. Uh, a teaching tool mm-hmm. you know i would just love to see those outdoor gritty parks you know just the chain nets fill up with kids and they're just hooping you know <laughs> you, you, you're gonna go to rucker park yeah i would love you know, to go to rucker it. park actually i played in venice beach oh uh, in the same court where white man can't jump was filmed oh okay and that was a really unique experience loved it and they were i mean part of that movie was real life there were some guys on the side hustling some money and it was real ball like you were the ocean, the, the breeze made a factor. There was yeah. a lot more driving than shooting from outside, but yeah. it was fun. It yeah. was pickup basketball at its finest. Did you make any money? I did not make any money, but I did get <laughs> to run a lose any money. I did. I didn't lose any money, <laughs> and I did get to run a court for about an hour, hour and a half. So that was pretty fun. Awesome, that was good. Some of my best memories growing up 
we're playing driveway basketball with my buddies. Uh, Jason Berkey, who's on Appleton Parkersburg staff, uh, assistant coach for Aaron Thomas there, we go to his driveway, play with him, highlight his dad would come home from work, and Mike would come out and play with us. We had a fantastic time. Some of my best childhood memories. You know, then a young teacher in Waterloo, we would take some of our guys and we would go to Gates Park and play. And it really helped our guys to get outside and play. And it was, you win, you get to stay. You lose, yeah, you get another, bumped out of the line, of and there yeah. might be two, three, four teams ahead of you. You might be sitting for a while. Yeah, exactly. So it, it pays to win. Yeah. And just some of those lessons and stuff that you learn. And, Jeff, I know you're big into the whole FIBA three-on-three thing. And before we started, we were talking about Gus Macker and some of those big three-on-three things. You know, I feel like that thing with FIBA and stuff is ready to make a comeback again. If somebody could get in on the grassroots, the ground floor of that thing, I think that thing's going to take off. And then, Marty, I know you're big in a slam ball. That's where I first met you at. You were a yeah. young upstart in slam yeah. ball. That's back now. Marty so that's- helicopter plum. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, it, they're going to need a helicopter after I'm done playing slam ball because the, the, the paramedics are going to have to haul me out to the emergency room. So Tony, we used to go down to the Quad Cities, too. Growing up in DeWitt, we take a van load down to the parks and play against Ricky Davis or go over to Rock Island and play uh, Pete Michael and the Jenkins brothers. It's yeah. the same thing. You learned a lot of life lessons yeah. on those on those courts waiting. Yeah. You, know, you won, you stayed, you lost. You were waiting a good hour and 45 minutes to get back on there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I didn't get a chance to play against guys like that. It was, it was, it was me and Moose and Meyer and <laughs> Jesse Grady and Kevin and you know, all my, you know, you know, Dick and Dave Jungers, Dick Jungers out of New Alfonda. There, there was, there was some blood smilt, uh, spilt in the in the Jungers driveway back in the day. Yeah. But we, you know, uh, it's just different time. Yep. And 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 yep. I and I I think that you know we need to to help bring this full circle. Like one of the best, that, you know, if two things that Snow Valley's known for: line drills and cutthroat. cutthroat. Yep. And 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 cutthroat is the players deciding what's going on here yep. and, and they've got to figure it out and, and I think that uh, you know that's that's something that we can work on that we need to try to work on that to, to put back in the toolbox I think it's been taken out of the toolbox and, and, and not to say that there aren't, aren't a lot of good tools in that toolbox but this is something that we need to put back into that toolbox because I think it's going to make all the other tools better we've talked about this before uh, on the coaching staff you know are you teaching kids how to run plays or are you teaching kids how to play? Yeah. And those are two very, very Huge different difference. things. And I think Snow Valley does that. It teaches kids how to play. You got to score up. Yep. You got to move after you pass. And one of the things that and I got this from Nate Oakland: lasers point at that person and thank them when they yep. give you a good pass, and it leads to a score. Yep, absolutely. Great way to end it, guys. I wish we could thank keep you. going, but this apparently. Was awesome. Schlaba wants us to come back and work. Yep. You know, Tony, you just get to go. And I just got to go. I got to go back <laughs> to CR. My, my, my full officer probably looking for me. You got grandpa camp. You got doggy daycare. You got finishing up my my masters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're 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 a man of many talents. You know. Um, do you have I any leather bound? I, I don't know if I go that far. <laughs> do, you, do you have any leather bound books? Does your house smell of rich mahogany? A lot of mahogany. <laughs> do you know Merlin Olson personally? Him and, and was it Dick Enberg that was his play-by-play guy? Is that right? I think it was Dick Enberg and Merlin Olson. Yeah, so uh, maybe we could bring Kiki Vandeweghe in or something like that. Or as long as Alex English is with him. Yeah. <laughs> Bill Hanslick, <laughs> Calvin Nat, <laughs> Cliff Levingston. <laughs> 
<laughs> 47 minutes it took us to that's get ready to do this. That, that's pretty good. So, uh, Tony, it's it's great to do this uh, with you uh, in in the flesh. You know, it's a lot more productive than I thought it would. <laughs> <laughs> it really was. It really was. So, Jeff, thanks for coming Thank over you. and, and hanging with us. Uh, uh, episode 184. Uh, Going to try and drop this. I don't know what is it Tuesday. Tuesday, the 25th. it is Tuesday. Okay, yeah. all right. Uh, I seriously, I don't know what day it is at this point. Uh, Tuesday, a world traveler. I mean, <laughs> Caribbean <laughs> Ocean. Yeah, I, I only had to spend a couple hours in, in customs and border patrol. So, <laughs> you know. Uh, but uh, no, we're gonna try to drop. I'm gonna try to put this out on public uh, on Wednesday. Uh, I want to thank Austin for for coming in as well, and, and I know Austin really likes the pod and everything so and uh and we're gonna try and do one more while i'm here as well so uh we'll try to get a couple out so i appreciate everybody being patient like i said um i just needed to get off the grid for a week and and i had to give that time back to my wife and 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 she deserves it so so. for better or worse for her i don't know probably more for worse than her than better but anyway quit agreeing with that so readily (laughs) tony so uh coaches as always let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time